Happy New Year. God's grace, peace, and mercy to do tonight as we gather here one final evening for an opportunity to give God thanks and praise for a tremendous year, uh, tremendously challenging for some, tremendously filled with God's blessings and richness for others, but a tremendous year nonetheless. Who here is ready for that great big ball to drop in New York City in 2017 to come rushing on in? Or who wants to really hang on to 2016? Yeah. It's great that we get to close out this uh, year in God's house, reflecting on his word. Uh, and, and you heard Pastor Kaiser read uh, a handful of readings. The one reading uh, for tonight um, tells us to be awake, right? Well, about four weeks ago, I talked about being awake. So, great. I'm going to have to have the same message, all right? So all y'all stay awake. No, really. Jesus is encouraging us to be ready for his, his second coming. And, and that's really what the life of a Christian is uh, on this side of the resurrection. We just had an opportunity last weekend to celebrate the beautiful and the wonderful uh, good news of, of Jesus taking on human flesh, being born as a babe, uh, wrapped in swaddling cloths. But it's all pointing to something even more special, and that's his life, death, and resurrection in his earthly ministry. And that comes to its fullness when he comes back that second time to take us with him to be with him in paradise. And that's what we look forward to. And Jesus is saying, be ready. And that's always the message that he wants us to have. But if you look at the gospel lesson, actually, you know, we have something in the book rack in front of you. There's a, a pew Bible in front of you. I'm going to encourage you to go there now in your book racks and open up to Luke chapter 12. If you're not familiar with uh, the way the, the format is, uh, page 871. Okay, so Luke chapter 12. Let's just go ahead and go there. Luke chapter 12. The gospel lesson was verses uh, 35 and following. But what I'd like to do is back up just a little bit to verse 34. So Luke chapter 12, verse 34. Jesus has a conversation with his disciples here. The section just before our gospel reading, if you see in the bold print just above, he's, he's, it's a caption that says, do not be anxious. Do not be worried about what's coming. Who here is worried about what 2017 is going to bring? Maybe there's some changes in your life. Maybe you're facing retirement. Maybe you're facing, uh, oh, uh, a new little one in your home. And you're like, wow, what does this mean? Maybe you're just worried about your job or, or something else, Okay. God is telling us not to be anxious about anything. He's saying non-believers are anxious, and God still provides for them. You, our believers, trust in God because he wants to give you the kingdom. And then he ends that sentence or that conversation by saying this in verse 34. He says, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. In other words, Jesus is trying to get our priorities set on him, focus our heart, our eyes, our minds, our body and soul on him, because wherever our heart is, there our treasure is also. We want to treasure Jesus above all things. And then he jumps in to continuing to educate the disciples about being ready. He says, stay dressed for action, keep your lamps burning, and be like men who are waiting for their master to come home to that wedding feast. All of that is couched in that one sentence before, 
Wherever your heart is, there your treasure is also. Okay. So how do we stay ready for Jesus? Practically speaking. Well, I found a, a simpler understanding of that in John. If you want to go to John chapter 13, if you have your pew Bible with you, go ahead. Uh, it's on page 900, if you're following along. John chapter 13. We're going to go 33 to 35. Jesus, this is the Monday Thursday text. Jesus is with his disciples the last time before he goes to the cross. And he gives them a new command. And he says this in John chapter 13. He says, little children, yet a little while I'm with you. You will seek me, and just as I said to the Jews, so now I also say to you, where I am going, you cannot come. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you are also to love one another. And by this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. So as we get ready to close 2016, entering into 2017 with eager anticipation, we want to be able to stay dressed and ready for action. And how do we do that? We follow that new commandment that God has given us always. And that is to love one another. Why does God give us the command to love. Anyone want to call it out? Because he loved us first. Because he loved us first. Yes. God is love. And we want to be a reflection of that. He loved us first. Well, now let me ask you this question. Can you imagine a world without the love of Jesus Christ in it? In my opinion, that would be a picture of hell. Without the love of Jesus Christ. A place where no love of Jesus Christ ever existed. That would be a description of hell to me. Why does Jesus command us to love? Well, we got a little glimpse of what a world might look like if Jesus' love wasn't present in it in the year 2016, didn't we? Shoot, you turn on the news, and what do you see? ISIS is at it again, right? Religious fundamentalism, in the name of religious ideals, a group of people have taken it upon themselves to no longer go after hard targets. No, now they're going after civilians. Marketplaces? Berlin comes to mind. Truck ramming through. And a marketplace of people just getting celebrating, ready to celebrate Christmas. Where's the love there? They're going after civilian targets. Universities now. It's, it's a challenge. Hmm. We got a glimpse of a lack of love with the increasing racial tensions that have been going on, haven't we? Saw a statistic on the news yesterday. 64 police officers killed. That's more than one police officer a week. 21 of them were ambushed in the name of some misguided justice. Where's love? 2016 also had the most divisive political election yet, right? I know family members and friends who are no longer speaking to one another or they've unfriended each other on social media all because of who or who they did not vote for. People are no longer talking with one another. Where's the love? Where's forgiveness? Where's that? Why does God command us to love? Because without it, this place is 
a bunch of muck and mire. It's just a, a great big ball of mud. There's no life in it. It's everyone for themselves. It's selfish desires. It's, it's, it's ugliness. It's what I call muddy. And we can't afford muddiness anymore. Why does God command us to love? Because he is love, and he wants us to be that reflection of love. Now, 2016 wasn't all bad. We all have other joys and, and, and some celebrations. Uh, my wife and I got to welcome a little one into our family for the first time December 1, right? Can't give pictures or anything like that because of the foster care program, but wow, what a blessing, what a, what a joy to have this little girl in her life, two and a half years old. And boy, I'd love to sleep, okay? <laughs> Jesus commands us to love because without love this world is ugly it's messy you know something I I think of all the craziness that happened in 2016 and then I think about Christmas and how we just celebrated it and all that ugliness and all that awfulness Jesus still chose to enter into this world he still chose to take on human flesh. He still chose to, to go to a cross and, and spread out his arms there and take on the punishment of our sin and, and with all that ugliness and disgust and, and for the shame, Scripture says, for the shame of it all. Jesus joyfully endured that cross so that we could have life and have it to the full. Jesus commands us to love. But how do we love? We love one another like he's loved us. It's, it's basically that simple, okay? We, we love one another like Jesus loved us. That means sometimes making sacrifices where we don't necessarily think it's fair. That means offering forgiveness to people where we don't think they deserve it. Why? Because if we harbor that anger or hatred in us, we're hurting ourselves, we're not hurting them. So God's saying, let that go. Just be free. Let it go. He says, be an example of my love. Love the world like I've loved you. And they will know that you are my disciples by your love. I'm going to give you uh, just a a simple illustration. And I I promise I'm not being sacrilegious or desecrating any of the altar pyramids or communion wear. But let me ask you a question. I went and found my wife's hunting boots. Okay? All nice and muddy. Now, if I were to um, slap these on and go running up and down these aisles, or, or maybe worse, if I were to just go set it up here on top of the altar, uh, how many negative, nasty emails do you think I'd be receiving tomorrow? <laughs> New Year's Day, I'm not even in the office. They don't care. They will come flooding in, right? Pastor, how dare you desecrate God's temple? This is a sacred place. Don't you have any awe and reverence and respect walking around in muddy shoes, putting your dirty garments somewhere? My goodness. Oh, yeah, I'd hear it. This is God's house. But you know something? Our hearts are God's house also. So why is it that we're okay with having awe and reverence and respect for a place where we gather for worship? But when it comes to our interpersonal relationships with one another, we're okay with trampling on one another. 
We're okay with harboring anger or hatred or filth or disgust. We gossip, we lie, we cheat, we steal. It's all about us. What we're doing is we're trampling. We're just walking. We're, we're muddy footprints all over our other fellow human beings. And God's saying, no, let's love like I've loved you, with grace, with mercy, and with compassion. Every one of us that was a baptized believer in Jesus Christ are not an instrument designed to carry mud like boots. Every one of us are a vessel, holy, set apart for a very special purpose, cleaned from the inside out with the life-giving blood of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. He has filled us with his grace so much so that anger, anger, hatred, malice, discontent, there's no room for it at all. All the way up to the very brim. His grace is always there for us. But it doesn't stop. It continues to come until we are soaking wet, covered by his grace. As Christians, you and I can't help but be soaking wet with the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Everywhere we go, we leave a footprint. Everywhere we go, we leave a footprint, a public witness of who Jesus is to us, a public witness that Jesus going to the cross matters to you and to me. What does your footprint look like? Is it muddy? Filled with sin, hurting others, hurting yourself? Or is it filled with the love of Jesus Christ, a grace that has no end, poured out for you forever, always there, sealed on the cross, giving you the kingdom. Church, we have been set free. Our, our Lord and Savior, we are crucified with Christ. It's no longer we who live, but he who lives in us. And it's that joy that we get to go out into 2017 with eager hearts and say, Lord, use me as an instrument, not of mud, but a vessel, holy and sacred to your name, to get the word out to people that need to know it. And if someone comes and means me harm, Lord, help me see your love. Help them see your love. There's a prayer that's in your worship guide. I'm going to invite you to pull that out right now. It's on the back of the sermon outline. And I'm going to invite you to stand as we say this prayer together. May this be our prayer for 2017. So together, let's pray. Whatever our hands touch, we leave fingerprints on walls, on furniture, on doorknobs, dishes, books. As we touch, we leave our identity. Oh, please, wherever I go this year, help me leave heart prints, heart prints of compassion, of understanding and love heart prints of kindness and genuine concern. And may my heart touch a lowly neighbor or a stressed out colleague or an anxious mother or perhaps a dear friend. Lord Jesus, send me out this year to leave heart prints. And if someone should say I felt your touch, may they also sense your love that is deep within my heart. That's our call for 2017.
Maybe tuck this in your Bible, put it on your refrigerator, keep it somewhere where you can look at it and be reminded of our goal as a community of believers reaching out with the love of Jesus Christ, making lasting heart prints in the lives of others, all for his glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated.